Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fan Zone podcast. We are back for episode 44. Thank you all very much for joining us. If you are watching along live, then as always, get your comments in as we go along about the things we're talking about and we'll share your opinions and get your thoughts on what we're talking about. And if you are listening along at home and wondering how you can get in on the action, then if you head over to our Twitter, you'll find out about all of our upcoming episodes that are streamed live, obviously, on, on all the different platforms. Uh, but tonight we are joined by a very, very special guest, uh, and that is the one and the only John McGinley. So, John, thank you very, very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. My, my pleasure. No, it's uh, the pleasure is all ours. I can assure you of that. Uh, I'm sure, along with with many others, we're really excited to get this one off and going. So, uh, without further ado, we will kick it off. Um, so, we have a little bit of a, it's almost like a bit of an initiation for our guests. Um, so, we You're have a pretty good singer, aren't you? You're a pretty good singer, aren't you, John? That's all I hear. <laughs> You're a pretty good singer, aren't you? That's all I hear. Is that right? No. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I probably I could empty the room quicker than anybody else, yeah. <laughs> so our our initiation if you will is uh imagine you're waking up on on perhaps a, a saturday morning and you're fancying a full english what is on the plate so you're fancying a fry up what what consists of a full english for you john or scottish or, yeah full or scottish, scottish. <laughs> <laughs> well probably bacon egg sausage mushrooms Fried bread, potatoes. Have I got any more room in my plate? Yeah, yeah, plenty of room. Keep going. <laughs> Tomato. That'd be about it, I think. Toast. Yeah, that'd be it. So you'd have toast and and fr- fried yeah. bread. And yeah. yeah. I'm the, I'm the greatest man, honestly. I am. Yeah. I like your style. What do you wash it down with, John? What would I wash it down with? It would have to be a, a coffee and a fresh orange juice. Oof. With bits in it. Orange juice with bits. Well, you can't, oh, right, I, was say, I thought you meant your coffee then. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what kind of egg, John? What kind of egg? That would mean mm. that, that would probably change. Sometimes I would have scrambled egg and sometimes obviously a runny egg. It has to be runny because if it's. Be it's gone yeah yeah bin it straight in the bin <laughs> and, and sorry and some beans and all and some beans on the breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. you've run out of room john he's got <laughs> a side plate there. yeah it's still in all the edges <laughs> have you seen this my plate by the way <laughs> <laughs> john's special plate <laughs> it, could, it could it could double up as a bin lid you know <laughs> It's a, it's a it's a solid lineup. Uh, it's a, a very very solid lineup. Uh, but without further ado, we will head into our new segment, which is of course Angie's quick fire questions. So, just a bit of fun to get us warm, John. So, but nothing too serious. First thing that comes in your head, that's what your answer is. That's what I'm Are saying. Are you ready? <laughs> Go for it. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Film or a box set? Box set. 
iPhone or Android? Android. Sunrise or a sunset? Sunrise. Cars pasty or haggis? Cars pasty. Burnham Park or Reebok slash Tough Sheep? Burnham Park. Winning a cup or winning the league? Winning the league. Who's in your goal? Keith Brannigan or Justin? Keith Brannigan. Extra time or straight to penalties? Extra time. And then your final one is an open-ended question, but who for you is the GOAT? And you, can't, you can't say you can't say Kenny Kenny Dalglish either. If that's what's... I was just going to say especially Kenny Dalglish, but ah, uh, uh, I'd have to go Messi. I Messi. think Ronaldo Ronaldo was was there for me until probably the Man United situation, and then oh, yeah. uh, and then the Saudi thing because it was all I think that tarnished him. If I'm honest with you. So it'd have to be messy. Yeah, a lot of people. Fabulous. Have... Well done, you survived. A lot of people have got that process <laughs> towards Ronaldo, aren't they, really, after the whole um, Pierce Morgan interview and all that type of stuff? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it was engineered to get the move. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think somebody of that ilk doesn't need to do that. You yeah. Know what I mean, I think it, you know, the business takes care of itself. And I, I think he's. Uh, he became such a disruption, I think, in the dressing room and, and about the about the park. No, I think he was. Uh, sometimes people show their true colours, and I think that was it for him. For assessment, yeah. For assessment. Yeah, it is. Yeah. From a football from a football standpoint, obviously you can't argue they were both on a par, well, really, to be fair. But I mean, to be honest with you, before, like I said, before that happened, when you look at it, you know, all round, I think it was him. Because I mean, it gives you. I mean, it gives you a nine. He gives you a goals, doesn't he? he? Gives you in the box. He could do things outside the box. Uh, I think for him, he was absolutely outstanding. But then you know, you look at Messi and the way he can, he's conducted himself. You know what I mean? Pure class, the guy. No question. Yeah, I think um, Messi would be better in a in a Ian Everett side, and Ronaldo would be better in a in a big Sam side, wouldn't he? That's the way it worked, wouldn't it? Because of the yeah, doesn't that benefit from it? Yeah, you could you could, you could see that, but I, I think you know Messi himself conforms more to a team game, doesn't he? You know, Ronaldo will go and win a game on his own, but you know Messi, yeah, yeah, he's an individual, no doubt. But yeah. Messi is is a team player. Good answer, good answer. Like that, good questions, Ange. Thank yep. you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I thought I was back on the four four two there. <laughs> <laughs> we do it proper age, young. We do it all proper age. So, <laughs> so moving on, um, nineteen ninety two. Okay, so obviously that marked the beginning. Of a, it was it's a historic spell in it, really, with Bolton Wanderers. Um, obviously, you spent time in both Scottish and English leagues. And then you signed for Bolton. Yep. So how did the move come around? And how did it make you feel? How excited were you about the potential move to the Wanderers? Well, two things, really. I mean, obviously, I was at Millwall with, with the boss. The boss was with me. He was the one that signed me for Millwall. So yep. when the boss left, obviously, 
personally, I was gutted because I mean, I felt he had uh, he had put me on the right track. He had worked on my game and improved me, I think, dramatically. Really, uh, instilled he instilled a bit of discipline in me that I hadn't had before. Uh, and probably, I mean, no disrespect to anybody else, but he was probably the one that I really started to listen to. You know what I mean? And really, and really take it on board and let it sink in. And, and, why, and is that, why is that, John? Do you think? Why, why do you think he resonated with you more than any other of your previous managers? It's it's hard to put your finger on it, really, because you know a lot of things he did were similar to other managers, but there was just something about the boss that that stood out, and it was kind of well, I suppose not just that. Like I suppose if it, it, it was his way or else it was a highway sort of thing, you know what I mean, as well. So it was either conform and, and, and listen and, and learn and act on it or else you probably won't be there very long. Mm. So, but I think, you know, for, for him, I, I mean, I had, from the first day I'd met him, I had so much respect for him. And, you know, like you said, there was just something that clicked between the two of us yeah. and more so coming from him to me and like I said, it was just a case of taking it on board and, and he, yeah, he really sort of hit home. So, you know, obviously, sadly, then he loses his job uh, and then obviously he gets the Bolton job. And not long after he got the Bolton job, I got a phone call and it was actually from Ian McNeil. Now, yeah. I'd, I had a long part of history with Ian because Ian signed me for Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, Ian then leaves Shrewsbury and he goes to Millwall as Bruce's assistant. Yeah. And then he came to Bolton as a chief yeah, scout yeah. as well. Yeah. So there was a, you know, there's a long association with, with Ian and Ian phoned me up as soon as the, pretty much the boss got the job. And he said, look, we're coming in for you. Uh, we're going to sign you. He says, be ready and, and mm-hmm. be ready to travel. So from that phone call, basically, I had a bag packed and it was in the car. So I said, I said to my wife, you know, I said, look, as soon as I get the phone call, I'll have to go. And oh, whatever I am, I'm gone. You know, so that was it. So this was round about July time. And mm-hmm. so I've got this bag that's floating about in the car, like, since July. Season starts. They still haven't come back for me. And <laughs> basically, the, I mean, the, the story was they were trying to raise the money. Now, it wasn't a great deal of money, but they were raising the money. And... I finally got the phone call on the 29th of September. And, and it was, again, it was Ian McNeil. Ian, Ian was on the phone and, and he said, right, we've sorted everything out. Come up. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gone. I didn't even, honestly, God, I jumped in the car and I was gone. Wheel spins, gone. I'd I'd say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all, all he had said to me was, uh, you're booked into the pack horse, Nelson Square. Uh, and yeah come in first thing and see us at the ground. So I got to the pack horse, booked in. During that night, went to bed during that night, and it must have been about 1 o'clock, one thirty in the morning, next minute, the noise, and then when I'm up, I'm looking out the window, and the place is packed outside, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, going, oh, yeah, it's round out there. <laughs> right, so I'm thinking, oh, no. So Did you just got a shit on the on? Well, do you know what? I mean, I actually crossed my mind because I thought I, did, I never thought at some point I'll be right in the middle of that crowd at some point. <laughs> but, uh, so there you go. And the next morning I went in and I said to them, I said, "Well, I didn't get. How did you get on?" And I went, well, "Didn't get a lot of sleep, to be honest with you." So they moved me and they put me in the boat house, All which, right. which, 
which was right outside Ritzy's. So really, yeah, I was going to say it's a crossroad <laughs> from Ritzy, as it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that was it. And then I went the next morning, uh, did all my all the legal stuff, and you know, obviously signed signed the contract. Had a little bit of a medical, uh, and actually when when I signed, the boss I was in the office with the boss, and he says, "Look, he says I I can't give you what you're on." At Millwall, he says, but just trust me on it. And I went, okay, and that was it. I didn't even know what I was signing for. And that is gospel truth. I didn't know how much I was getting. I didn't know nothing. All I knew was I was losing my club car at Millwall. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't getting anywhere near the money I was I was getting at Millwall. And that was it. But I, listen, I trusted him. I mean, yeah. I'm no it's question awesome. about that. I trusted him. And nine months later he came back and he gave me a new contract. So you know I mean yeah. No, he didn't. He never gave me a car. No, but uh, I suppose you're no. a little bit you're a little bit close to Scotland, though, John, weren't you? I suppose for tra- traveling <laughs> if, if, if anything else. Well, well that and obviously, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd played just down the road at Bury as well, so I knew of Bolton. I knew how big a club it was. I, I knew the area, uh, you know, and I knew the tradition. I knew the history of the place, and it just steeped, it was steeped in it. You know, you walked into the place, and it made the hairs it made the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. You know, that so was a brilliant was no... part, wasn't it? Obviously, it's like it's not, it wasn't the grandest of, of surroundings, no. was it? But I like say, you could feel it, couldn't you? It, it was to us, but obviously, away teams hated it. Yeah. You know, they, they hated it. I mean, I mean, our dressing room was nice. The away dressing room was horrible. It was like, <laughs> it was like a dungeon, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was very welcoming. Uh, you know, people didn't like coming there, did they, if you're honest? But no. to us, it was it was the best place ever. And just to um, obviously, John, sorry to interrupt you. We've we've got obviously quite a few younger audience as well. So to to, to help them, the boss is obviously uh, Mister Riok in it. Uh, yes. just, for the, just for the the younger audience amongst us. Yeah. And I find it, to this day, I could never call him Bruce. You know, when I struggle with it, you know, he's the boss, and that's it. I couldn't call him by his first name. I was going to say, you never once referred to him in his name in all that conversation. He was always oh, was the boss. Yeah, yeah. All you I can't, you know, because he just, he is, he's the boss, and that is it, you know, no, no question. And he's, uh, I mean, do you know what? I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, obviously speaking to other players at that time as well, and you listen to him, he's impacted, honestly, so many of the players and things they do now and things they did and, and in life in general. You know what I mean? He's impacted us so much. It's untrue. It really is. I'd go too far to say, even though he was only at Arsenal for a very long, very short period of time, I don't know whether you agree, but he probably he's probably impacted Arsenal more than they can imagine by signing Dennis Bergkamp. Because effectively, once they signed him, they just went like that, didn't they? Well, when you look at it, even now, when you speak to people, their first thoughts are that it was Arsene Wenger that signed Bergkamp. So they kind of bypassed Bruce completely. Mad in it. You know? and, and that's it. So Bruce doesn't get any credit for that at all. And and to be honest with you, I mean, he's gone in there. You know, you all hear stories about this, that and the other that happened. But, I mean, there's only one guy really that knows the truth. But, you know, it was player power that got him out of there, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, it was simple as that. When when seven or eight players gang up on them, they're all England internationals. They're all household names. When that happens, there's only one person going to pay the price. Yeah, yeah that um, that's still going on now, isn't it? Thirty years later, with you know players yeah. when they get their own way and stuff. Yeah. So, um, 
if we can cast your mind back a little bit, John. So obviously, when you you you, you signed, you, you obviously yep. had a massive impact on on the club, and you scored a, a number of vital goals. Obviously, really early on in you in your career, uh, one kind of no more, more so than when we played uh, Preston, and you scored a penalty. Um, yeah, a local rival. Um, as a centre forward, does scoring goals kind of get much better than that in that type of situation? It, I mean, it was a terrible game, if you're honest. It was our last yeah, game of the season. We had to win it to get promotion, and I think Preston had to win to stay up. Uh, but they showed no, I mean, honest to God, I mean, if you'd seen them, they had 10 men behind the ball at all times. Uh, they were just kicking the ball into our half. We were retrieving it and then going attacking again. It was wave after wave of attack, and we struggled. It was just a horrible game. We didn't create many chances. Uh, and in the goal itself, David Lee broke down the right hand side, went to play across into the box, and it hit the boy on his side. If you're honest, I, I still to this day don't think it was a penalty, uh, but we we gladly took it and it, and it got us promotion. But you know what? That was. That was a kind of culmination in, in, in an effort that was unbelievable from both the players and the supporters. Because when you looked at it, and again, not because of when we come in, but when we come in, we were 18th in the league. We were 18th in the league. So we were playing catch-up all season. And every game got bigger and bigger and bigger as we went on. And... Obviously, Andy Walker and myself were scoring goals. We had David Lee, uh, you know, assisting us. And, you know, you had people like Julian Darby, Scott Green. All these guys were chipping in with goals as well. Uh, so we were on an unbelievable run. And on a run, the pressure was so great that, you know, the feeling was we couldn't afford to lose a game, really. Now, we did lose the odd one here and there, but there was nothing. There was no bad runs. And... Like we said, the pressure it built and built and built, you know, towards the end of the season, and then it really hit home. You know, the crowd grew; it seemed to grow every week. And then when you got to the end of the season, there you couldn't get a ticket for the place because it was sold out. It was just unbelievable, yeah. you know. And and the atmosphere, the you know, the crowd, we felt as one. You know, when you when you looked at the the fans and looked at the team, we were one. We knew each other, and everybody's, you know, what I mean, it just seemed like we everybody knew each other. And there was a responsibility on our shoulders to go and get promotion because the club had been in the doldrums. The club, the club had seen some really dark times and all of a sudden we were on the verge of having success. So you, it was just, it was brilliant. Do you, so not, this isn't part of the question setting. I'm, I apologise for God, that, you know, going down a different route here. But like, do you see similarities to to the new to these lads these days So what, when you were in, in, in that, that back then? 100%. 100%. No question about that. I look at Ian Everett, very similar in, in his stature and his presence to Bruce. You know what I mean? He's, he's got authority, hasn't he? he he's, mm. You know, when he walks into a room, people people take notice. Helps be a six and a half foot, though, doesn't it, I guess? Well, <laughs> he is a giant, to be fair. Yeah, no doubt that. He was a big centre half. So, no, I mean, when you see it, it is. You know, it's a young, hungry team. Yeah. Uh, engaging in the community they're engaging with the fans we're starting to get that feel now the, the crowd seems like it's grown every week yeah uh, season on season it's been growing fantastically well and people you know that had fallen out of love with the football club because of owners and because of you know certain things they've yeah. now fallen back into love with the club and 
you know, last year, when you look at the, the Papa John's Cup final, I think that gained so many young fans and brought them yeah. into, into the fort for us. Now we're seeing kids wearing the Bolton shirts around the town and everything else again. It's unbelievable. It really is. As and it should be, really, isn't it, I guess? Well, it should be. Listen, if you live in this town and you're born in this town, you should support Bolton Warners Football Club. There's no question about that. Have another team, have a second team, but this should be your team. Yeah. But we're seeing it. And and people, you know, the atmosphere's growing into it. I mean, you come in now, everybody's excited. Everybody's looking forward all week to going to a game at the weekend. Mm. The feel at the moment is just fantastic in the football club. It really is. Good to hear. Good to hear. I've got another question for you. Sorry, I know it's not mine mine in your podcast, this John. My apologies. But you mentioned Andy Walker. Obviously, yeah. you had quite a successful partnership with him. One of my first memories as a football fan, and I'm gonna to have to ask you this, and you'll have to tell me whether whether I'm right or not with this, is you and Andy Walker before each game. Did you always try and hit the crossbar before the start of the game? Or have I dreamt that in my in my mind? It was Andy. Andy was always Andy's got Andy's got a really dry sense of humour, right? And and Andy, he he would come up with these little games all the time. Do you know what right, I mean? So, yeah. And and that was it. Some of them were the crossbar. Some of them were the post. It just depends. He was it was all yeah, different yeah. types of things. But he'd always come up with different stuff, Andy. And yeah, just and he, he would have to amuse himself. Do you know what I mean? And he would uh, yeah he'd, he'd get up get up to all sorts, but. <laughs> Yeah, a hell of I mean, a career good. as well, didn't it? Oh, do you know what? <laughs> Absolute class. Do you know yeah. what? If you, if you played the ball into Andy Walker, you knew it was, first of all, it was a great first touch. Next minute, he'd roll the centre half and he was getting a striker goal. That was, that was just standard. Do you know what I mean? And it happened every time. Bringing players into play, finishing, unbelievable. And All the, all, all the basic stuff, but he did it very well. As a striker. Yeah, he did it very, I mean, yeah. He had a great appetite for football, Andy. He just loved the game. He loved to score goals, and we were we were lucky because, as a as a strike partnership, we seemed to walk onto the training ground first day and just click. Brilliant. Nothing was worked on. Nothing. We I just seemed to know where he would run. He knew where I would run. We had that feel between the two of us, and we were lucky because, invariably, he would score or I would score or we'd both score. You know, I don't oh, think there was many games where one of us didn't score. You know, but I think we worked really hard for each other off the ball. You know, we complimented each other as well. And, yeah, to this day, I mean, in fact, I've had a phone call off the afternoon. And it just reminded me there, actually. I've had a phone call off. I've not phoned them back yet. So, <laughs> so, so, John, you got yourselves a nice nickname of the White Hawks during your, that spell with us, uh, which I think now is an IPA or a cider or something, I think, the that you can get your hands on if you've never tried it. Um, and you had a little spell of being giant killers, as they call it. Um, yeah. you, put, you put out some really big teams, Liverpool, Arsenal, Everton, and in cup matches. Um, does that underdog title or the fact that you aren't the favourite kind of drive you on a little bit in those sorts of matches? I think so. I think, I think you would always rather be the underdog. You know, because... You, if you're honest, you can't really lose. Can you? Do you know, to a certain degree, you can't lose because if you play well and don't win, well, you weren't expected to win. I think all you can do as a team is go and put on the best performance you can and then hopefully it takes care of itself. But I think when you when you look back, we became quite uh, quite popular, as a, obviously, as a cup 
giant killing team, let's call it. And we, I think we were the team that nobody wanted to play. None of the big teams wanted to play us because we didn't, we didn't make our name as a team by coming to you and trying to kick you off the park, maybe as a lower league team would do normally. We would play football against you and, and just go up against you and not change our tactics any, in any way, shape or form. But so without that we, fear, you just not got that fear yeah. there, have you? Yeah. And that goes down to the boss because he sets up the team, he sets the tactics out and he decides how we play. And there was never, ever, and this is honest to God, in, in any game we ever played against top opposition did we change our tactics. We played the same way every time. And that was an attack. Go and attack, and that's it. Pass and move the ball, lessen your touches, pass and move the ball. When you get a chance, we'll take it. And that was it. Like you said, uh, Angie, we, we played with no fear. Is Chris frozen? Yeah, I think you very well. Chris has got everybody, thank just so you know, Chris is having to use his hotspot because he's, yeah. his Wi Fi is down. We're uh, we're having technical difficulties. Um, if you could sort of, if you could relive one moment of your career, if you wanted to go back and sort of relive just one moment, well, first of all, sort of what moment would it be? Would you change anything about it? And if so, why? Change anything about it. Yeah. If you had the chance to sort of go back in time and revisit just one spell. Or one moment? One moment. It's That's a hard question because it, it... And I know this might sound a bit cheesy, but I wouldn't change anything, if I'm honest, really. I mean, I think things are meant to be, aren't they? You know what I mean? What, what will be, will be. And... and oh, I suppose if I, 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 would have I would change the result in the League Cup final when Liverpool beat us 2-1. Cry, you know, cry your eyes out. <laughs> you know that, that that would be the one because I mean when you when on that day, Liverpool beat us two one, and the only difference between the two teams was Steve McManaman. I mean he had an unbelievable game that day. He was a hell of a player as well. Well, he was, and he was he was at the top of his game, and but he did he ran as ragged. He scored two goals, got man of the match, and and that was it. But apart from him. The rest of the, the teams were quite even, really. It was an even game. And on that day, Alan Thompson was as good as Steve McManaman. Alan Thompson scored an unbelievable goal that gets overshadowed, really, a volley into the, into the top corner. He also hit one that the goalkeeper <laughs> saved onto the crossbar, David James. That goes in. All of a sudden, Alan Thompson's man of the match, and we're probably going on to win the game. Yeah, so it's yeah. very fine margins at, at that top level, and probably if I could change anything, it would be that Thomas goal goes in, and then I go and get the winner, <laughs> be selfish, <laughs> and we win three two. But uh, yeah, that's probably the only thing because I think obviously we we won at Wembley in a playoff final, to win there in a major cup final would have been that would have been nice and on the cake really. Um. One obviously, Celtic are your, your your club or your other other team, aren't they? Were you you close? You were close to joining Celtic at one point, weren't you? Three times all in. Is that what it were? Three times all in. Uh, once with Luke when Lou McCarry was there, 
and twice were Tommy Burns. I bet that took some took some doing to turn them down, John. Surely. Well, no, because don't get me wrong. When when word gets out, in fact, Lou McCarry was on my first game for Scotland was away in Austria, and Lou McCarry was on the trip. What happened? Scotland used to when Scotland used to go and play in any game, whether it be home or away, one of the managers in the Premier League used to come along. So it'd be a different manager each time. And this time it just so happened to be Lou McCarry. And uh, when we when we landed, when we were in the reception of the hotel, we're waiting to get our keys. He came up to me and he goes, uh, John, can I have a word with you? I went, ah, no problem. Yeah, of course. He went, well, how about you meet me in an hour? And then he was standing, he was looking at the lift and he went, meet me on the, on the 10th floor like that. And he was looking at the lift and it was a gym up the top. So I went, ah, okay. So went up to see him and he goes, I want to sign you. And I went, well, there's nothing I can do about it. You know when I mean? It's like, it just is what it is. But, and he and he spoke to me and everything else. And then obviously they made an approach to the football club and Bruce said no. And that was it. You know, so it, it didn't even become a discussion. It never got further no. than that. Uh, the second time, uh, so obviously Lou McCarry had left. Tommy Burns was was in charge and he came in and I think he, he'd been, well, he was making a bit of a couple of million quid or whatever it was at the time. And, Again, it was said no, and that was it. So, but not once I knew I knew it was happening, and not once did I go in and say, "Look, I want." You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. Exactly. I suppose, obviously, as we discussed before, we went live. You've, you've got your children of similar age to me, so you'd have you'd have been you'd have been settled, wouldn't you, and stuff? I would suspect. Were you back then? Well, that that and the fact that I mean, listen, we can talk about games, and we can talk about you know, times and, and everything else, which were fantastic. But the thing that means more to me than anything is the relationship I've got with the supporters. Yeah. And that was strong, wasn't it? That for me, that's stronger than anything. Yeah. For me. And I would have hate to have lost that. You know, it, it even goes further than that because, you know, when you finish playing and you and you start thinking about possibly coaching, etc. and everything else, and people keep saying, Oh, why don't you go for the Bolton job? Why don't you and I said, I've always said the same thing. I couldn't. I'd love to, but I couldn't because I couldn't bear the fact that I'd be standing on that sidelines and I'd be calling for my head at some point because it happens. Yeah, it might be a year's time, it might be six months, it might be five years, but at some point they'll be calling for my head and it would absolutely break me apart. It would tear me in two. So I would never put myself, I don't think, or the supporters in that position because it just wouldn't be right. How does that feel, John, to have your name, to see your name on the back of shirts that kids are wearing, like just when you're out shopping or whatever? You're proud, you are. You're, you're, you're proud because it's like you, you know, the, the, this club means so much to me. It's my football club. It's just, you know what I mean? And that's the way I feel and it is. And what pleases me more than anything, Ange, and this is a fact, is that when I see kids wearing the Bolton shirt, regardless of the name on the back, you just seen yeah. the shirts again. Because we've we've gone a long, long time in this town where they were very scarce. <laughs> to see a kid in a Bolton shirt was, you know, it was yeah. unbelievable. So now we're getting that back again. And that tells me that the club's going in the right direction. It's going well. Because now the kids are involved again. And that's, you know, you think we've, we've sunk to the depths and we're on the way back now. But it just goes to show you that being away from 
Sky TV, you know, not being on, not being on live TV a lot, match wise and everything else. The kids are brainwashed because they watch that every week, and yeah. when they see the big teams on there, that's what they gravitate towards. So, yeah. again, going back to that Papa John's final, you know, that's done us a big favour that because that's really got the kids involved and they've seen oh. success. They've been to Wembley, so now they're involved again and they're part of the club. Yeah, it'll help. See, Colin, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, Colin. Well, yeah, like, yeah. You'll have to elaborate on that to John because obviously, um, Colin isn't a fan of the, the trophy, and I think we've all got issues with how, the, with how the, format. the format of the trophy yeah. is to start with in those group stages when you're playing under twenty ones and things. I think yeah. that's, a bit degrading, that's... a bit degrading, John, in a in a way. What what I couldn't get my head around, or still can't understand why. Is, well, I do understand why, but I don't agree with it. Is is why Bolton Wanderers Football Club should be playing Manchester United as twenty ones. It just doesn't fit with me. Do you get what I mean? Um, so it's degrading if that makes sense. Well, I I get what you're saying, but if if you if you can end up at Wembley in front of eighty thousand fans, yeah. I'll be honest with you. If you ask the players, ask me, I would do anything for that to happen, and yeah. especially where we've come from in such a short space of time. That mm -hmm. cup final was a godsend to us as a football club because yeah. it's brought everybody together. It's, do, do you know something? That's one of the best days I've had in football. Oh, <laughs> honestly, and, and you know, I've I've gone down there to see my my kids with their kids at a Wembley final and playing so well, and it was a statement to the country that were watching it and how well we played on that day. We were unplayable. No, it's right. You're right. You are right. Yeah, you are. You're completely right. Of course, you are. How does are. that sort of that that feeling of watching Bolton win at Wembley after playing there, you know, for so many years and, and having that connection with the supporters? What does it do for the players? What does it? How does that correlate for the players? Because the supporters then pick up and you know want to go to the games and see the players achieve more. But how do the players then take that and, and carry that on? What does it mean for them? Well, I think it means a great deal to them when you when you think about it, and I think we're going to see the benefit of that this year, because to have the you know for them to have their families at Wembley and everyone else on a and, you know I mean a showcase game, eighty thousand there, live on television, they've got that now to keep forever. Their families have got that to keep forever, and it means a hell of a lot. So, and and not just that, I think you know this team is now making history in their own right. Because the last thing these guys want to hear is about the white hot times, about you know, about the European escapades, you know, about they like want to be you, John. They want to be you. They want that. They want to be remembered by your story like you are. And and the good thing is they're making their own history now. You know, everybody's talking about what they're doing now. Because again, in all honesty, you know, we've been in such bad times, it's been easy to hark back to what the old days were like. And you know, we keep looking back. Now we've got to start looking forward and keep looking forward, you know. And again, these boys are doing it in their own right now, and it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of Wembley, obviously gaining promotion to the Premier League um, against Reading. Um, how did that final leg feel in terms of kind of the, the summarising the players about the, 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 them type of games and how how it can like, massively affect you know. How, how you progress throughout the season and going into the next one? Well, you you think back, you know, and again, we were on about the League Cup final. Now, we played in the League Cup final on April the 2nd. 
Papa John's final was April the 2nd this year. There were so many similarities, right? And I was convinced that we would then be in the playoff final as well. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I wanted honestly, to the, the playoff final this year. But going back to our time, although we got beat in the League Cup final, I think that stood us in good stead because when we went back to Wembley the second time, we weren't such in awe of the place. We're not used to it because I don't think you would ever get used to it, but you kind of knew what to expect a little bit yeah. better. And you know, we went into that game, rather than being the underdog, we were quite hot favourites, if I'm honest with you, in that game. And we certainly didn't live up to that for the first half hour because we you know, we could have been three or four down quite easily. We couldn't get near Redding. Redding came out and we thought we were playing Brazil. You know, they're one in, <laughs> honestly, they're, their one-in-two-touch football was fantastic. We could not get within a yard of them. And it wasn't for the love of like a trying, but we were just, God knows. It, it looked like we had lead in our legs and we just couldn't move. And uh, obviously then they get the penalty. They're 2-0 up. They get the penalty. And Keith Brannigan saves it. And, and that changes the history for the whole football club. Because, and I still, you know, again, Keith, I don't think Keith gets the credit for what he did you know at that time and such a good goalkeeper the best goalkeeper I've played with yeah well you and, picked him uh, up and lost him before didn't you and you, and you um... oh and that's no disrespect to DRC I know Keith because I played with Keith at Millwall yeah. I did, obviously came here and played with him so to me he's my goalkeeper yeah. you know and I guess that's no slight on Yossi because Yossi was world class no yeah. question about that uh, but Keith saves the penalty and from then on in we got a foothold in the game for the rest of that first half we sprinted off the pitch at half time, got in the dressing room, and this is where the boss was quite cute because the boss didn't come into the dressing room straight away. He stayed outside and he gave us a couple of minutes together. Now, that dressing room had a had a lot of leaders in that dressing room, and we were going round sorting things out ourselves and, and do you know what I mean and mm. making few people aware that they needed to get, kind of get in the game quite quickly because uh, if not, that was it. So the boss gave us a couple of minutes. We sorted a few rights ourselves. And then he comes in and we were all expecting him to go ballistic, really. But he was dead cool. He was dead cool. He was calm, collected, and never raised his voice. And we were thinking, goodness sake, we thought we were going to get aced, you know. <laughs> and and basically, he just said, look, you've worked so hard this season. You've got yourself in a fantastic position. We're now 2-0 down. You've got 45 minutes your whole season depends on 45 minutes because got to go out there and put it right if you play you'll win the game so it's up to us and you know we went out that second half and you know Jason McAteer is driving us on Big Alan Stubbs is driving out from the back the energy and that's the one thing about that, that team we were fit we always always finish the game stronger than the team we were playing always and the energy in that team in that second half was unbelievable. It really was. And got the goals at the right time. I mean, Fabian De Freitas sadly didn't didn't end up playing a lot of games for us. But I tell you what, he picked he picked the right time to have the game of his life and scored two fantastic goals. And really, that was it, you know. And my biggest memory of that day was, was Sir Nat. At the end of the day, he's on the pitch. Dave Higson is interviewing... Owen Coyle, Sir Nat and myself together on the pitch. Nat gives me a big kiss on the cheek. He's got tears streaming down his face. 
and he was just absolutely delighted. I mean, he was... What a memory. What a man. What a man. But two men, Dave Hickson and Sarnat on the same pitch. Yeah. Two great men. What's been nice for you to see the statue of, of Sarnat outside the stadium as well, obviously, with the relationship that you would have had with him? Do you know, you, you, the downside to that for me was it should have been up whilst he was still alive. Right, yeah, okay. You know, so he was able to put eyes on himself. Yeah. He knew how much he knew how much the town loved him. He knew how much the fans loved him. But to see that, I think would have been nice and on the cake for him. Oh, I mean, it's it's a great tribute. It's fantastic. It's Phenomenal. it's the focal point of our football club. Really you know, and, you know, I'm, I I see so many people, you know, in the mornings when we're going into the ground and things like that. You know, and people go there to have a word with them. You know, to have a quiet word or to put a flower there and, you know, maybe to, obviously, in memory of their own family and things like that. Do you know what I mean? And you just see people just sitting there having comfort and looking at Sarnat, looking up to him and just taking comfort from it. You know, because he is our football club. Yeah, absolutely. And he would, um, obviously, be very proud of, of, of the club, of the team and the club, the way things are panning out at the moment, wouldn't he? I would imagine. He'd be so proud of us. I mean, I, I can just picture him at Wembley for the Papa yeah. John's final. He would have been in his element. You know, I mean, the first thing we used to do is when you scored a goal, you looked up and you get that big beaming smile when he's giving it that. You know, I mean, that was him every time. And he would have been in his element at Wembley. And But also for him to see us and how we've responded to the adversity, yeah. to nearly going out of business and mm. to claw our way back and to start now working ourselves up the leagues again. And in the way we're playing football, he'd be proud. How do you think he'd take to playing out in the back? <laughs> Probably that's to ruin it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting better at it. Yeah. It's become the norm, isn't it? So we, we've accepted it. I think you know. I think fans watch the game; they accept it. Listen, the manager's got his own beliefs and own ideas, and. There's not a lot gone wrong, has it, since he came through no, the doors? I love it. Personally, I love it. Personally. Hey, as as fans, we've all got our opinions, but we've got to trust them. We've got to trust him as our manager. You know, I my biggest worry this summer was that somebody was going to come in and take him. Mm. You know, because obviously there's obviously people taking notice of him. Focus. You name you name me one young up and coming English manager that plays football the way that he's trying to play and being successful at it. It's hard to, you know, once you start looking at it, you know what I mean? We, we're so lucky to have him. Yeah. And, you know, we've got to embrace him for as long as he's at this football club and trust him. Absolutely. So I'm just going like to... Oh, sorry, go on. I, I'm just going to have to say, I'm just going to pay... I, I love the fact that when you reference Bolton Wanderers, you always say it's our club. Um, and you always reference it as sort of our club and your club, uh, sort of as, as one entity. Uh, and Will Prince, one of the viewers, put a comment on before saying... What has made John stay here permanently after his stay? There has to be something special about the place. Um, and I'd just like to touch on that. What actually is it about Bolton that's, that that stands out? If you could summarise Bolton and say three words, what, what would those three words be? I'll do it in two words, really. The people. Simple as. I mean, it's like, you know, Bolton sometimes doesn't get the best press, as in a place. But you look at it, the people make the place. Mm. And they're honest. They say it as it is. 
you know what I mean? It's, simple, it's, simple as that. It's, it is, it's a, a simple thing, and, and it is a nice place to live. Do you know what I mean? It's the same as every place. Yeah, there's. you go to any place in the world, there's places that aren't so nice, you know, parts of cities, parts of towns that aren't so great, and that's the same everywhere. But do you know what? The people in this town, they're honest, they're hardworking, they'll help you in any way they can. Even when they've got nothing themselves, they'll help you. As a as a as a hard working Glaswegian, which of course you you are, I guess that's uh or Scott, you know, Scott and, and come from that kind of environment. That's that's what you want to see in it, really, I guess. Well, I think that's you know, when you when you look at it, I think that's that's the demands of the football club. You know, when people in this town, it's a working man's town, and people work hard for their money. The money's not plentiful in this town. And when they come and watch the football team on a Saturday, they want to see them roll their sleeves out, work hard, work hard as a team, put a performance on. And you know what? If we if we go out there and give 100%, do our best, and we get, on the day we get beat 3-2, we can take that. Because our team's went out there and done its best. And on the day, somebody else was a little bit better than us. That's fine. As long as we give 100%. And, and that's it. And if we continue to do that, then we keep the crowd on our side, we keep everybody behind us, and we'll keep going forward. We Absolutely. You're certainly keeping the, the chat on, on side tonight. <laughs> I'm reading all the comments coming through. People absolutely loving it. So thanks for joining us again. So, John, I'm going to take you through to the end of the 1997 season now. Yep. And what we think is a really, as fans, certainly sentimental and fitting that you finished both the club and the division's top scorer yep. and you scored the final goal at Burnham Park yeah like you couldn't have you couldn't have written it um 24 goals in 43 games I think that was season was right um but was there any temptation so obviously November of 97 you moved to Bradford but was there any temptation or any anything that tried to that you thought you would want to do once you finish that season, anything that, any other challenges that you, you thought you might want to have a go at? Well, I think I think first and foremost, it was an unbelievable season. Uh, I think the players all knew, the staff all knew how much it meant to everybody. You know, we wanted to leave Burnden Park on the right note. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a hard season in the sense that, you know, teams, We'd, we'd, we'd done really well and we'd pretty much led led the league from Christmas on, really, and, and that was it. So, you know, the pressure on to stay at the top. I think we we, we confirmed promotion in April to the, to the Premier League and I think we won we won the league a couple of weeks after that, I think. Or, or it was close to that anyway. But So it was it was a tough season, but we, we also knew how much it meant and the responsibility we had because how much it meant to people. Because when you think back, Burnden Park, it was a memorial to 33 people that sadly lost their lives at the, at the ground. And and to be moving from there, we, we knew it was a wrench for people. And on that last game, obviously it was live on Sky, but to see, like I said, Players out of that 58 side that won the FA Cup against Man United. Nat Lofthouse, two goals, 2-0. Two to see all these boys walking round the pitch and Sir Nat, again, with tears running down his face and everyone else, how much it meant to them. It, it, that was that hit home. It really did. You know, and, and knowing it was going to be the last game, knowing 
the history there and how many games have been played there, big, huge games and what it meant to people. And all that week, so now he used to he used to take you, he used to put his arm around you and say, come on, Cocker, come on. And, and he would he would walk you around the pitch, you know what I mean? And he would say, like, maybe you hadn't scored for two or three games or, or something like that, you know? And he would say, look, just relax, get a chance, just, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, just to give you confidence. And he was brilliant, you know, because he was, he, he was just so humble. You know, for, when you think back, one of the greatest strikers England has ever seen, and he doesn't get the credit. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. 30 goals in 33 full internationals. Who, who, who else has done that? Mm. Nobody will. No. Not, at that, not at that ratio. 30 in 33 games. Come on. Unbelievable. And somebody like that takes his time, puts his arm around you. You see him every day, and he's, he's like... He's talking to you. Do you know what I mean? It's honestly, he was just loved it. Absolutely loved the bones off him, as everybody did. And uh, and all that week, he was taking me around. He said, "You've got to score that last goal, Cocker. Got yeah. to score that." Putting it in your head as well, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, and and but again, building your confidence, and then but also giving your responsibility because if he said it, you have to do it. Do you know what I mean? You have to do it. So. But again, so it worked out. I mean, obviously we got a penalty with a couple of minutes to go and, and, and that was it. And I thought, well, that's it. But then we broke down the left-hand side. I think Mixus went to have a shot. He got blocked. It spun up into the air. And Jimmy Phillips has swung his left foot. He's gone for a strike at goal. And it came across the face of goal. And I managed just to stick my leg out and get a tap in. Instinct. And, well, instinct, I suppose. But I mean, yeah. on the other that rather than finish with a penalty we finish with a proper goal as well yeah so it couldn't have it couldn't have worked any better basically it was the last kick of the game because after that they went back took center circle went to took kick off again and that was it he blew up so it was our last kick of the game ever at the ground and, and it ended up in the back of the net so brilliant it couldn't have yeah i mean it was like it was like somebody had written a script do you know what i mean it did it just yeah weird, weird. Obviously, after that season, uh, the the move to the Reebok, which is now the Tough Sheet, came around. Um, did that impact? I suppose you personally, but the group as a whole. Did that 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 change impact the group and, and give you a bit of a perhaps a downer, thinking that all those memories that you had at Burnden might have been lost a little bit? Was there any anxiety heading into the new ground, or or was it quite easy to get over? No, I, I don't think there was anxiety. I think there was a there was part of you looking forward to it because I mean, listen, state of the art stadium. It was unbelievable. I mean, when you when you think back, nineteen ninety seven. So the stadium was built nineteen ninety seven. You look at it now, and if you didn't know any better, you would think it was probably ten, twelve years old. Yeah, yeah. it was so futuristic in its design, and especially now it's been cleaned as well. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but. No, but you look at it, you know, and, and the design, the you know, the the forward thinking, you know, the two tunnels, the dressing rooms, and again, the boss had a lot to do with that in its design. Uh, Gordon Hargreaves, Brian Ball, all these guys got together, and and you've got to say, fantastic stadium, but and holding your heart, it wasn't Bondon Park, but it was great to walk into it. Big new dressing rooms that were massive individual baths which was a luxury we'd never seen before <laughs> showers, that, showers that worked 
Uh, <laughs> no, it was a fantastic place to walk into. And again, it, not burning part, but it was the future. So have you got any any memories from when it was being built? Because I, I, I personally remember it sitting in these little cabins and watching it being erected. Yeah. Have you got any yourself from, from back then? Yeah, I've actually, I was, last week I'd found a load of pictures, uh, which at the time I was, uh, I was one of the sponsored players for Reebok. So yeah. because of the Reebok Stadium and everything else, I was actually in there. So I had the wellies on and the hat and the high-vis on. And I've got loads of you need to share. You need to share these on social media, John. You really do. That's what people love to see. That type of stuff. I'm actually. Well, once I show you the pictures, I'm actually taking credit for. It. I probably built half of that that day. <laughs> when I think, when I think way back, when I was working on the building sites, you know what I mean. So that came in. That that came in handy at the time. You know, I was on the tools. <laughs> you know I mean? so, but yeah, no, it was it was good to look back and reminisce, and you know, to look at it. It was. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's some stadium. It's still some stadium now, isn't it? It's something to be proud of. Absolutely. It certainly is. Going to head into some viewer questions now. In, but it should be Chris's fan zone, fan focus, but that will be presented by me. But we'll <laughs> head into some viewer questions in just a minute. So we've got a question that's coming from Chris M and he said if Super John could choose to play in any other era of Wanderers squad other than your own successful teams which team and manager would you pick to play under and why? What a question. Oh it would have to be Big Sam's time and it would have to be with JJ Yuri <laughs> who would want to play with these guys do you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> You score some bloody yeah. goals then, John, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, listen, we, we were spoiled, weren't we? I mean, we had world superstars coming to play for Bolton Wanderers. And like I said, JJ, unbelievable. I mean, these these legends games that we've played in, you know what I mean? Even now, I just, I just stand there watching. <laughs> <from my> mouth. <laughs> even, even now, you know, and you look at it, you know, Hierro, Rolls-Royce, Campo in there still, I mean, unbelievable. I mean, we were spoiled as a football club. We were spoiled, weren't we? Rotten. It was yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. But that would be the time just to play with these guys uh, for one game. That would do. Strike partner? Would it be? Would you prefer an Elka or would you prefer a Kevin Davis or LSG whipping some cross for you? Any of the above, really. <laughs> 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 any of the above because i mean you, you listen you were going to play with a class player regardless and like you said, admit, I, I, do, I do like the thought of you and you and an elker up front john i got to admit that does uh that does uh well i mean it's like you said i mean pick any one of them because you're getting a class player aren't you and with the guys all round about us and giving you the ammunition you'd you'd get plenty of chances that's for sure definitely Certainly would. Uh, we've had another one from Pete L, and he said, "Just how blessed were you to to have played with David Lee, uh, and to have him crossing uh, crossing to you? What was he like to play with?" David Lee, at times, was unplayable. He really was, and such an outlet for the team because we knew under pressure, we knew we could get the ball, put it wide to David, and he would just go and make it happen, and. As soon as that ball went wide, whether it be myself and Andy or myself and Owen Coyle, myself and Nathan, whoever it was, 
all our job was then to take up positions that we would get on the end of crosses. And David, I mean, not only was he the quickest thing on two legs, he was probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet as well. Yeah. Even to this day, my big pal, uh, we play golf regular. Played golf on Sunday, I beat him again on Sunday. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's honestly nicest guy you'll ever meet. Uh, and I mean, even now he's looked after himself. Do you know what I mean? He's he's probably he's got better body definition now than he had when he was a player. He's <laughs> a machine, honestly. He said, "I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story, right?" So, any time we're together, and and you know, oh, pictures and all that, nobody will stand next to him. Everybody wants to get get away because he makes yeah. us all look terrible. Do you know what I mean? I have seen something on social media recently, a topless photo, and was like, Whoa! I think, I think it's. Taking every opportunity now to get the body, <laughs> which quite right. Listen, he's worked so hard. He still to this day works so hard, and he's he's chiselled. He's like a Greek god. But uh, I mean, if I if I say one game defines David Lee in my eyes, it would be the game at Anfield uh, when we won two 0 and on that night, myself and Andy Walker scored the goal. So obviously we get the headlines in the newspaper and everything else. But that night belonged to David Lee. David Lee was unplayable that night. He ran Liverpool ragged. He tore them to shreds. That was a game of his life. And honestly, that's that's the best live performance I've ever seen off a player. Fact. Another question from uh, Liam, and he said, "Did you take a souvenir from Burnden? Did I take a souvenir from Burnden? Uh, I suppose I did. Actually, I'll, I'll show you this. I did. Get I, got, it. <laughs> I got these. I got these out the other day, actually, and I forgot I had them. I thought they were they'd gone missing, but I'll show you this. Oh." Look at that. I love that shirt. Oh, the 10 as well. Excellent. This was, this was my shirt from Anfield. No way. That's class. Yeah. Wow. Tell you what, you get some bloody money for that, John. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the Anfield shirt. And what's this one? This was a playoff final shirt. Oh. Magic. Wow. Yeah. Amazing that. That's some memorabilia. I found them the other day. So oh, amazing. I'm so glad one, you found them. I know, I know. Yeah. First one, I suppose that's the thing I've took from Burnham Park. Uh, yeah, because that just, that's what it is, isn't it? I mean, that's... What What else did I get? I got something else. Did you not get... Some people got, like, bits of turf, didn't they, and stuff? No, I didn't, I didn't get anything like that. Uh, I suppose, well, no, I suppose just memories, isn't it? I mean, for me, it, it, we're so lucky, aren't we? Because we can look back nowadays, you can go on YouTube, et cetera, can't you? And you can look up things and that's your memories, isn't it? I mean, it, I, would, I would think that the turf would have been gone by now and dead by now. Uh, <laughs> but no, it, everybody, I think everybody grabbed something, didn't they? Everybody took something. And I, I suppose I, I'll, I must have something. I was, I was all right. I was probably a right collector. You know what I mean? I collected quite a lot of stuff and, and put it away and forgot about it and, and things like that. And then, like you said, the back accident, you start coming across things again, don't you? 
You'll have a lot full. I bet you've got a lot full of stuff you don't know about. Well, do you know, it, it's it's probably the thing, and, I, I, and that's probably one of the things I think probably the club could do, because I'd imagine there's so much memorabilia out there with ex-players and stuff. It'd be nice to have some sort of display. The room in the, the, in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think now, as the club has grown again, things like tours around the stadium are starting to become more popular again and more people want to do them. So I think the memorabilia thing's up and things. It's, it's talking points, isn't it? And it gives them yeah, something definitely. to see. Definitely. Definitely. When, that's when that, that shirt, John, that you've just shown people now on, on here, people will flock miles to come and see that. You can almost guarantee it. I've got other stuff as well. I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of gold boots as well. Do you know what I mean? I've got a couple of that, that are in boxes. They're not in, I've got nothing in the house. I haven't even got a picture of, of football. No way. So my caps, my shirts, my gold boots, all medals, all that stuff, they're all in boxes. They're all just chucked away in boxes. And it's just a shame because... And that's not just my stuff. That's all the guys' stuff. Do you know what I mean? You've not, got, you've not got one of them gold boots to hand them. You can show us. Do you want to look? Go on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be round on Sunday for tea. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might need a dusting, right? But I don't this, was one a one. This, this was the one from Bondon Park. This that's was the second one. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so fantastic. That, that was the one from the well, the last season of Bundon Park. And that is not on your mantelpiece. What's what's going on? Is that I'm actually in the loft at the minute, and it was it's <laughs> over, over in the corner. But it's not. That'd be uh, that'd be hung from the uh, ceiling in my front room. I've got a wooden star in the wall here, and you've got that. <laughs> you see the writing on it. What it says. We can't. Can you lift it up a little bit? There we go. A little bit to your left. That'll do it. Yeah, we can see it now. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That. Yeah. Was that sponsored by Adidas then? Yeah, and they presented that yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. And the other one I've got, the other one's in a glass case. Uh, it's not as good as that one's a nicer looking one. The other one's in a glass case. It was a, you know, when they brought the Predator boots out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was in a glass case, and it's that I don't know where that one is, but that <laughs> one, that just, you find it, John. Yeah. <laughs> We've but got no. uh, another one from Liam, uh, and this is about sort of that 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 Wolves in incident. Um, he said, <laughs> "Does he love the fact that Wolves fans seem to hate him?" Uh, <laughs> Liam said, "He seems to revel in it, uh, and and Liam loves it." Does it does it play on you? Do, do you find it a little bit funny when you get that stick from Wolves fans? Does it does it still? I get it to this day. Red free, it's red free. Get it to this. It's funny because when when we got what year was it? When we got relegated uh, to the chap from the Championship to League One yeah. that weekend. Honest to God, it was like <laughs> I, I spent all weekend just blocking people, right? Block people, block. <laughs> And they're calling me all the names under the sun. And then I'm looking at some of the profiles, right? And there's like young girls are like 22 and 23. And I thought, you weren't even born. Oh, Do you know yeah. what I mean? You've no, you haven't got a clue. I'm looking at them. I'm just blocking them and blocking just been passed, them. Passed down, hasn't it? Passed down generations. <laughs> a week after that weekend, right? I get this, I get this picture sent to me. 
and it was this guy, a Wolves fan, and he sent this picture to me, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, I've done a roaring trade on these. He had these badges printed saying, I've been blocked by John McGinley. Right? <laughs> oh, he said, he said, 500 of them. He says, I sold them all. I've got another 500 done for the next game. <laughs> you kept me on. So the, the odd one comes on and still has a laugh, but some of them, just, they can't let it go. They just keep going on. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you should have asked for a slice of that commission from them badges. <laughs> tell, yeah. tell me. But do, do you know what it is, right? And I've found out down the years, they blame me, right, for Steve Bull not playing in the Premier League. Right. And the reason being, I should have got sent off in that semi-final. And in their eyes, they would have won and won the game. Yeah. And then Steve Bull would have got their dream to play in the Premier League. So to, to, to the to the younger viewers, Steve Steve Bull is essentially John, but for Wolves, if that makes sense. Is that right? <laughs> would that be fair, John? Would you say that's correct? Like the legend, if you will? They're, they're kind of... He never really scored against us, did he? No, he, he didn't. didn't. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> No, but this is my thing. Beat tech, beat tech, John McGinley. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yeah. No, 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 no. He, by the way, he was some player. He scored some goals, it. but it. at that time, he didn't do anything against us. And and it was, it, I just think at that time we had their number, if that makes sense. And I remember one goal he scored, and it was a semi-final first leg. He scored one of the goals at Molyneux. But other than that, I can't remember him scoring a goal against us. So, credit to our boys at the back that, that put yeah. the shackles on him. But I think he would have taken care of business himself. I don't think he needs to blame me for not winning the <laughs> Or he doesn't. But their fans don't need to blame me for that. Because well, not, yeah. if, they, if they had performed, then he would have been all right, wouldn't he? Very true. But, but I've got to say, they were great games. They were the first games we looked for every season. They were brilliant games. I mean, two big clubs... We're bigger than them, but I mean, you know, two big clubs. <laughs> They're only called Wanderers just after us, you know what I mean? But uh, Wanderers be. Copy those. But, Where they want yeah. only. Yeah, good, good. They're a good club. I mean, they've had good times. You know, it's a cycle, isn't it? We've had good times and dipped. You know, they were dipped and then they've come back now and had good times. So, yeah. Might get relegated this season, I think. Well, it's not looking good for them. Any more? Any more, Ben? Any more for any more? No. Oh. It's always a good thing when Ben mutes himself. I think we're, we're just about coming to the end of the viewers section. I don't think we've got many more uh, coming in. If you have got any, if you want to pop them in, we'll get them answered uh, towards the end of the episode. But we can uh, we can head on and call. I'll hand over to you. Yeah, yeah, of course. You have to sort, sort the questions out, John. Um can you tell us um, a little bit, a little bit about the FPA um, and what it kind of is and, and what it does for the club? Because uh, obviously it's been released, you know, recently, and we'd like to learn a little bit more, if possible. Well, the FPA, the Former Players Association, yeah, uh, I think it, I think it's to prove a very uh, important part of the football club. If I'm honest with you, yeah, uh, it's nice to see the football club embracing the Former Players Association. Uh, we had a we had some meetings recently and it was we've came into partnership with the club uh cut long story short a year ago in fact it was a year ago about now really i was asked to to become president of of the association mm -hmm. which i was proud and, and glad to take up uh 
and again, cut a long story short, we raised money during the year, and last Christmas we put out 50 hampers uh, to needy families, and we were out in the community delivering them, we delivered them by hand, we put the boxes out there, we, we, we did all that, they were very well received, hopefully we can raise enough money this year that we can do 100 boxes, if possible. Yeah. So we want to get bigger and better and keep it going and get more people involved. Uh, we'd like more companies to get involved as well to help us out, if possible. Part of the club, uh, the club wanted the ex-players to come back on board to be more visible during games, uh, you know, to be in the suites, etc. Come in and watch a game as well. Enjoy the day. Be part of the football club again. Because for too long, the ex-players were kind of forgotten about under under different regimes, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thankfully, now we've got owners who are embracing the former players. They want them in and about the football club, and we're excited. So, what does what does why is the FPA important for Bolton, and what does it mean to us as fans? Well, Angie, I think if we say we're a family club, we're all inclusive, well, we've got to include our former players. And I think, you know, we've got to look at what they did whilst they were playing for the football club. We've got to respect that. And we've got to honour that as well. You know, and by bringing them back on board, we've got, listen, these guys deserve, they deserve the feeling to be, you know, they've got to feel like they're worthwhile. They've got to feel like what they did for this football club you know, they should be able to come in and get a ticket and watch the game. They should be able to be involved. We want them as part of the fabric of the football club because they're our history. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the supporters seeing them and a lot of them they won't have seen for a long time. I think they'll appreciate the fact that they're getting a chance to mingle with them and speak to them and, and see them at games. And, and again, we want them to be part of it. I was like a kid at Geth's Rums charity thing. I, I was in my actual element. It was it was a, the... the the like biggest former player thing that we've ever done and we've not seen so many of them for so long because like you said they were kind of pushed out of the club completely so i absolutely love this that this is happening yeah me you and me both and it's again again, (laughs) you think you think back to the players and you know the players sacrificed a lot for this football club as much as everybody does, you know, supporters sacrifice a lot for the football club, you know, financially and time and travel and everything else. Mm. If we're all one, we're all one. Everybody has to be inclusive and that's it. So we're getting back to that, which is pleasing. You'll have to make sure you sign James Trafford up so he can come in the away end with us all. <laughs> he, was, was, he was there last night. Was he? He was there last <laughs> night. What a guy. <laughs> He's fell in love with the club, hasn't he? Do you know something? What a boy. Uh, I mean, he was, I mean, straight 22 clean sheets, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? How, how did, I mean, big shoes to fill, that's for sure. And But listen, he deserves his move. He's got a huge future ahead of him. England's number one. You think He's so, yeah? Be, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a matter of, what, two years? I'm just so proud we've been a part of that journey. He's got he's got a massive career ahead, and we're on we're gonna be on his on his wiki and on his. Do you know what I mean? We've 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 helped build him. Well, you, you look at both him and Connor Bradley, and to get two boys on loan from two two huge clubs, but to come in with the attitude they had, 
yeah. and to be part of it and wanting to be part of it. For God's sake, the both of them were crying at Wembley and you know, <laughs> they were crying because they were leaving. Yeah. No, no they were going on to bigger things and, and you know, and, and going on to further their careers. But goodness, I've never seen two two boys more upset. They were fantastic. <laughs> the fans loved them. They loved the fans. I mean, it was such a rapport. Great to see. And again, to be so humble, the two of them, and come in with the, the attitude they did. You know, set the bar so high now because everybody that comes in on loan, <laughs> again, big excuse to fill. Yeah. Massive. How important is that sort of in the coming years for the club as we now feels like we're coming back to some sort of successful period where younger kids are coming in and, and coming through the doors and wanting to go to the football? How important now is the Former Players Association in coming years that, you know, these events can keep on happening? Well, that's exactly it. You know, the more the players are included and the more they feel part of it, the more likelihood that we're going to have more events on that are going to be popular. You know, I think a lot of players were treated quite badly by the football club. A lot of players fell out of love with the football club. So we've got to now reverse that. We've got to bring them in and, you know, make them feel included again. And... Don't get me wrong; it's not all it's not all roses. It's, it's hard with some, because some are, are, are quite stubborn, and, and we're going to have to work on that behind the scenes. But we'll make it happen. If anyone can, John, you can. We will. We and, will. and if we can do anything to help, you know, on the well, podcast, free, him on, you know, <laughs> we'll have a good chat with them. Feel free. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but again, it's listen. It's all part of the process, isn't it? You know, the cl- slowly but surely, the club is getting back to where we should be and that behind the scenes that's happening as well not just on the part not just with the with the fan base growing again behind the scenes things are happening as well which is pleasing fantastic just to round off so as a little bit of a tradition uh as our initiation we've also got a bit of a tradition at the end of the episodes where the last guest that we had on will leave a question for the next guest um and so previously we had on aaron wilbraham he was our most recent guest um and after quite a touching segment about sort of words of inspiration he's received over the years as a player, but also outside of football, just words of advice. Um, he sent us his favourite quote that he's been sort of told from someone. And that was, I'd rather be a lion for the day than a sheep for a hundred years. Uh, and in his words, he said, that's my favourite quote, because it means I'd rather be brave and have the balls than follow the crowd. Um, so... We ask that then to you, uh, and he left a question. What is what is your favourite quote or saying, and why? <sighs> What's my favourite quote and saying? Not so much a, a quote or saying, but I think uh, probably speak to people the way you'd like to be spoken to and treat people the way you'd like to be treated. Because if you do that, you won't go far wrong. Uh, you know, I think I think from when I see football players. And I, and I hope it happens because it happened. You should never walk past anybody without signing whatever it is they have to sign or take a photo or, or, or spend some time with them. And I know it's difficult at times. It might be their families, it might be that. But it, I think it's part of what you should do. It's part of your job as such, in a, in a way. You know what I mean? Because if we are going to get that camaraderie with the, with the fans and the players and everyone else, we have to have that connection. And... It's happened a few, not a few times, but it's happened uh, 
it's getting less and less where if I see it, I hate that. I really do. If somebody walks past somebody without acknowledging them or whatever, it, it, that really sticks with me. It really does. And I've got to say something because that that little kid there that's standing with his book or, or whatever and wanting that signed, if you don't do that, that impacts him for the rest of his life. Believe me, it does. And it's, it doesn't take you 30 seconds, for goodness sake. Do you know what I mean? And just put on a, you know what I mean? It's nice to be nice. Amen, John. Expertly put. Expertly put. Um, so what we're going to do is you now have the opportunity to ask our next guest a question. So you don't have to do it now. You can go away and think about it. Um, okay. Our next guest is actually in a week's time, and it's MJ Williams. Um, oh. So you'll now have the chance to ask him one question, uh, and that can be anything you want, and we'll uh, reveal to the guests, or to the audience, sorry, what that will be in our next episode, which is in a week's time. Okay. So you'll have to go away and think about it. But I think that just about brings this episode to an end. Uh, episode 44, just before we sign off, we'd like to say thanks to our head warm, uh, our headline sponsor, Eco Warm Windows, for sponsoring us for the upcoming season. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, that, that brings today's episode to a close. So thank you quick. very, very much. I'm so emotional. That's gone quick, that. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> It flew. I can't believe you waited to 44 to get me on. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying to get him. We trying. Yeah. <laughs> I messaged, I messaged your Michael about 60 odd times, so you can have a word with him. Yeah, so thanks, Chris. Thanks for Chris getting through to John and getting on. <laughs> yeah. He's on hold, isn't he, at the minute? He, yeah, he's back on early hours of Friday morning. I think he's back, yeah. Back for the yeah, back, back for Cheltenham. Well, back for Cheltenham straight down there, yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Do you, do you get to many away games, John? I do. I do within reason. Uh, obviously, I, I've I've been fortunate where if I take you back the League Two season when the COVID, I did the radio all the time, and the reason I did the radio was because I could get to the games. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I was I was home on a way. Do you know what I, mean? I, I was like, I was like Jack Deere's little puppy dog. Do you know what I mean? Please, Jack, please, going to come and do it with you, Jack. Me, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, I do. I get to, I get to as many as I can within reason. Uh, I've also got my, I've got a football team that plays on a Saturday as well, and oh, we're, yeah. we're fortunate, we're fortunate that uh, Bolton Borough, they're called, by the way. And when when we're at home, Bolton are away. So we right. play at home when, when, when Bolton are away. So I, I do get to games, not every week, but as much as I can. Yeah. So that's your second team, people. Bolton Mundies, then Bolton Borough. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Look us up. <laughs> Come and see. There you are. No, thank you very much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking some time to come and talk to us. Um. But that does bring this episode to an end. We hope you all enjoyed. If you uh, want to have a look back at some other episodes, you are more than welcome to. You can find them all over on our YouTube or tune in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But for now, that is that is everything. And we will catch you in the next one. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you.